Welcome to Teeth Talk with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Good afternoon to you. I am Jason Kong and pleased as always to be here with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann, head of Charles Ashley Mann Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. Dr. Mann, how are you doing today? I am doing wonderful. Spring is in the air, you know, we got the Duke Carolina game behind us. So, hey, it's uh, it's ACC tournament time now, right? That's right. It's a fun time of the year. You know, I don't know if the kids still get to take a break during the middle of the school day and watch some ACC tournament, but hopefully they get to do that this week. It's It's a fun time of the year. It is. You know, we did that growing up, didn't we, Jason? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they had the game on, like, uh, you know, during school. The the teachers were uh, heavily invested in the ACC tournament. That was, yeah. that was the thing. I, I wonder if it still happens. Maybe it does. Who knows? Maybe they had some bets on it, and they just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you know, I figured, you know, maybe they did it one year and they're like, oh, we actually got away with this with the principal. Let's, yeah. let's keep this up. This <laughs> let's do it great. again. Yeah, yeah. Well, Dr. Man, let's let's get down to business here. Today we're going to be talking about sleep apnea. And I'm sure most of our listeners out there have heard of sleep apnea before, but they might be scratching their heads a little bit saying, you know, why, why is a dentist going to be talking about sleep apnea? So, Dr. Man, let's start there. Why should all dentists be screening for sleep apnea? Why should we all be aware of this? Well, you know, one of the things is we see patients on a regular basis every six months. At least that's what our goal is for patients um, to come in every six months to have their teeth clean. And, you know, part of the um, uh, exam that we do is not just looking at a patient's teeth, but we look at the gums. You know, we look at uh, any kind of, um, you know, lesions that someone may have in their mouth uh, to rule out oral cancer. Uh, But the other thing we look at is the airway. Um, You know, we have a direct uh, vision to the airway, the size of the tongue. We can see any kinds of signs that that may indicate that there is some breathing uh, disorders in uh, an adult and in children. So our goal is um, to to be the advocate for the patient. Um, And, you know, we have to diagnose anything that could cause us a problem, not just you know, tooth wise, but overall in our offices, our goal is we want your body and your health to be the best it can be, not just your teeth, but your overall health. And part of that is diagnosing sleep apnea. And, you know, it's, it's becoming a part of most dental school curriculums now for um, dentists to be able to at least ask the questions. And we can't diagnose sleep apnea, but we can at least ask the questions and refer if we feel like someone um has those issues. So it is something that dentists, I think all dentists should be doing because it's a silent, as you said, it's a silent killer. Um, maybe not silent because most people, you know, snore, but it is a silent killer in the fact that it's not going to cause you immediate problems um, when you get apnea. It's the long haul. It's how long you've had apnea that starts increasing the, the, uh, the risk factors for heart disease, for strokes, uh, increased risk of high blood pressure, increased risk for acid reflux. All of these are medical conditions that are underlying caused by sleep apnea. And a lot of doctors aren't trained like GPs. A lot of GPs aren't trained to diagnose sleep apnea. I've diagnosed sleep apnea in, in many people that have heart conditions and high blood pressure by sending them for a sleep study and their, and their GPs never even considered it. So um, I think it's a wonderful thing because we do get to see especially men on a regular basis who tend not to go to their GPs 
um, that often. Yeah, it's uh, something that I, I didn't really think about it in that way and that we see the dentist probably a little bit more often than we do our GPs if, if we're feeling good, you know, other than our annual physical. We see dentists two more times than that throughout the year, so that makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, I want to take a step back, Dr. Mann. Uh, let's talk about what exactly sleep apnea is and what causes it. Well, sleep apnea basically is when um, you stop breathing or your airway narrows to the point where you're not getting enough oxygen. So um, that's two separate events. Um, uh, but basically, it comes down to airway um, and the amount of oxygen, oxygen that you're getting while you're sleeping. A lot of people's airway closes off and determines how much oxygen that they get to their lungs. Well, when your oxygen levels drop, um, it increases your heart rate because your cells cannot live without oxygen. That's one thing we can't live out uh, the least amount um, of time is without oxygen. So um, our body knows that. So it's fighting for us um, if we have sleep apnea throughout um, our sleeping to breathe, 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 breathe. But usually it's the back of the throat. It's two types of uh, sleep apnea. There's obstructive sleep apnea and then there's central sleep apneas. Obstructive sleep apnea is when the back of your throat closes off and forms a vacuum and you can't get air. And that's the most common. The second one is central apnea. Central apneas occur when your brain is not telling you to breathe um, properly and um, you become apneic, which means basically you're not getting enough oxygen. So there's two types. Um, but again, obstructive sleep apnea when the back throat closes off is the most common. Well, that's something that we need to be aware of. And again, as you said, it's it's wonderful that uh, you are trained in the ability to screen people for this problem. And uh, it's it's important to find a dentist who can do that because you know we're going to get into it. But there's some serious issues that, that can surround sleep apnea if it's not uh, correctly diagnosed and treated. So we want to get into that, Dr. Mann. I do want to remind everyone that if you want to learn more about Dr. Mann and Charles Ashley Mann Family and Cosmetic Dentistry, you can go online to smileman.com. That's Dr. Mann's website. Man has two ends at the end, smileman.com. From there, you can very easily book an appointment. If you'd like to schedule an appointment with Dr. Mann, you can also find information about the other services and his whole team at smileman.com. And you can find information about his three office locations. There's one in Cary, there's one in Garner, and there's one in Fuquay, Verena. Just go online to smileman.com and you can learn more. Or you can also call the office if you want to do that. That phone number is 919-462-9338. 919-462-9338. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be right back with more on sleep apnea. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Teeth Talk with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Welcome back to Teeth Talk with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk 
traffic. Jason Kong here with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann, head of Charles Ashley Mann Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. His website is smileman.com. Man has two ends at the end, smileman.com. If you want to learn more, that's the best place to go. We are talking all about sleep apnea today. And, you know, Dr. Mann, I think often when we think of sleep apnea, we probably associate that first with snoring. So we know that snoring on a regular basis can be an indication of sleep apnea. So what are some other signs of this condition that we can be on the lookout for? Well, you're right. Snoring is a, is a really, especially a regular snoring, loud, regular snoring is a, is an indication. And usually it's the, the, the spouse or the, uh, the other person that, that you're uh, sleeping with that basically knows, Hey, you're a loud snore because you're asleep. You really don't know. Um, one of the things that, uh, is choking and waking yourself up through the night. A lot of people, um, when they get out of their apnea, it's, it's more of like a gasp or a choke. And a lot of times they don't, they don't know that they're choking. They just wake up. So if you're waking up a lot during the night, that is a sign. A lot of, a lot of people say, Oh, well, I just wake up a couple of times a night to go pee. Well, that's not um, normal. Um, especially, you know, um, unless you're in your elderly years and you have incontinence, mostly, it's uh, when you wake up from an apnea event, your mind is telling you, oh, I got to go use the bathroom. So you go use the bathroom. So I always tell people, if you're waking up multiple times, use the bathroom. There is a chance that you have apnea. Um, that's a, that's a, a good sign. Um, the other sign is you feel sleepy during the day. Now, I use this with a grain of salt because a lot of people, people don't know if they feel tired or sleepy because if they have, have apnea, they become habituated to the fact that they're tired all the time. So they're used to uh, being tired and sleepy. So they don't think they're tired and sleepy. So, but, so I asked that question, you know, relatively, you know, do you feel tired? Do you go fall asleep? If you're riding in a car as a passenger for over an hour, would you fall asleep? If you're watching movies, how often do you fall asleep before the end? Um, and, you know, we even ask people, you know, it, it, do you get tired in the afternoons to the point where you need to take a nap? Those are some of the um, questions that you ask yourself. And, and if you have any of these uh, conditions that we've talked about or these symptoms, there is a, a, a high probability that you have some form of apnea. Um, some of the other things that we talked about earlier, um, if you have acid reflux, um, acid reflux is a common uh, denominator that goes with sleep apnea. Obesity. Um, if you have an increased, uh, uh, BMI index, then you will have an increased risk for sleep apnea, um, high blood pressure that you can't get under control with medication right away. That's another sign of apnea. Um, and then again, um, you know, grinding your teeth on a regular basis, that could also be an indication of apnea. So there's a lot of symptoms out there. Um, and if you have any or multiple ones, uh, then that could be an indication that, that you have apnea. Yeah. And that's something that we need to be aware of. And as you alluded to earlier, it's kind of hard if you're by yourself, uh, to kind of know if you're snoring or have those signs and symptoms. So, um, you know, anything that we can do to try and be aware of that is helpful. And, uh, Dr. Mann, I want to get into how you screen your patients for sleep apnea and the options that might be available them to uh, have a test or screening to figure out if this is a problem that they have. Yeah. So when a patient comes in, we screen all of our patients, whether they're 
you know, young to old, because you can have sleep breathing disorders and apnea at a young age, believe it or not. Um, and, you know, if you want to learn more about that, you can listen to one of our podcasts on Healthy Start. Um, but, but sleep breathing disorders occur throughout our life. Um, and uh, we screen by asking those questions I just asked. Or, um, you know, are you waking up at night? Um, are you feeling tired during the day? Um, we also look at a person's airway. So we look at it visually um, because an oversized tongue can block your airway. And as we lay um, down, our lower jaw tends to fall backwards, especially if we sleep on our back, which is the most common position that we see sleep apnea, obstructive sleep apnea. When our jaw falls back, our tongue also falls back. And when that tongue falls back, it pushes the um, tissue that's in the back of our throat back towards the back of our neck, which then closes off our airway. So um, we, we ask these questions and we also look visually to see if that tongue is oversized and blocking the airway. It's called the Malum Petty uh, Index um, and it, it's one to four. The higher the number, of course, the more the tongue is blocking the airway. And that's a visual and we actually take a picture and show the patient that. The other thing that we look at is we also take a 3D panoramic x-ray and that, that allows us to look at the airway um, that we can't see with the, with the eye. And what we do is we measure that airway. And anybody that has about a six millimeter, six millimeter airway or less, we have to start uh, wondering and, and there's a probability that they have some form of apnea. Um, we like to see airways anywhere from 10 to 12 millimeters. And we see them, Jason, as low as one to two millimeters, which is about the size of a straw that you stir coffee with. So you can imagine trying to drink, uh, breathe through that at night. Yeah. Um, and it's easily, it is easily closed off. So, um, we look at all these things and then we come up with a recommendation. We have a screening tool in our, um, office. It's called a pulse oximeter. A lot of times before we send a patient for the test, we will actually send that pulse oximeter home with them. It's free in our offices and it will show us if their oxygen levels are dropping. If their oxygen levels drop um, a certain amount of times during the night, then we recommend that they get a study, a sleep study. Well, you know, that's good to know that that's available to you. And boy, you know, that image that you have of, you know, trying to breathe through the size of a, a coffee stirring straw, that's uh, it's kind of scary to think about, Dr. Man, if, if you're someone who's in that shape. It is, you know, and a lot of times, you know, we talk about obesity and some of the other things that increase the risk, but there's also um, jaw position. So if you have, if your lower jaw is recessed back, um, then that also means you have a smaller airway. Um, and even if you're skinny, we have some skinny people that uh, have sleep apnea because their lower jaw never grew out far enough. And so their airway is, is narrow and their tongue, even if it's not oversized, can easily collapse their airway. And um, so you have to be mindful of all these things. But again, the biggest thing is you want it diagnosed because like I said, you're not going to know that you have it uh, more than likely unless these questions uh, um, are asked of you and you give an honest assessment of, of the questions that are asked because it's easily treated and it can uh, take off 15 years of your life if it's not treated. Um, smoking takes 10. So it's more dangerous to live with sleep apnea than it is to smoke. Yeah. And it's, it's also one of those, uh, uh, ailments that over time you, you probably don't really notice, but once you do have it treated, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> what a difference this makes. 
Well, you know, you're getting oxygen yeah. levels, uh, and your your brain is, is is much healthier. The other thing is, um, as I said earlier, you're waking up a lot during the night, so you're not resetting your body and getting all those hormones and chemicals regenerated, the good chemicals in our body that are needed to make us feel rested. Um, you can think about someone, hold your breath for about one second, uh, and do that about 15 to 20 times an hour. And that's what we see for a lot of people. Um, we have severe cases where people um, are having apnea events where their oxygen levels uh, fall below 90% a hundred times an hour. So you can imagine those people, the amount of uh, work that their heart's trying to do, but also how tiring that is. Imagine if you were doing that during the day, holding your breath for 30 seconds to a minute, a hundred times an hour. <laughs> it's almost impossible. You know, you're only 60 minutes in an hour. So even if it's 10 or 15 seconds, you know, if you do that a hundred times an hour, you're, you're putting your body through some pretty uh, significant amount of stress and work. I feel winded just thinking about it, Dr. Man. <laughs> we've, we've got to take a break, but uh, we've got some more to cover, more ground to cover here on sleep apnea. And don't forget, if you want to learn more about Dr. Man, if, if you're feeling a little bit winded right now, like I am, and you want to schedule an appointment to see Dr. Man and get screened for sleep apnea, you can go to his website to schedule an appointment. Smileman.com is the place to go. Don't forget, man has two ends at the end of it. Smileman.com. Dot com, or you can call 919-462-9338, 919-462-9338, or online at smileman.com. Dr. Man has three office locations. There's one in Garner, there's one in Cary, and there's one in Fuquay Verena. Find the nearest one to you at smileman.com. Taking a quick break, but we'll be right back. You're listening to Teeth Talk with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. You're listening to Teeth Talk with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. I am Jason Kong, and I have the pleasure of being here with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann, head of Charles Ashley Mann Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. Smileman.com is his website. Smileman.com. Man has two ends at the end if you want to learn more about Dr. Mann and some of the subjects that we're discussing today. And the subject in particular that we are going over is sleep apnea. And we've gone over what causes sleep apnea, how you screen for it, Dr. Mann, um, you know, and other options available for testing. But uh, I want to get into, okay, we've figured it out. We got sleep apnea. You've been diagnosed. What comes next? What are the treatment options for someone who has sleep apnea? Well, when you're diagnosed with sleep apnea, there's really three forms. There's mild, moderate, and severe. And that mild, moderate, severe is determined by the number of vents you have per hour. So if you have anywhere from five to 15 events per hour, which seems like a lot, that's considered mild. If you have 15 to 30, that's considered moderate. And anything above 30 events an hour um, is, is considered um, uh, severe. And that's and that um, index is basically called the apnea hypopnea index. Apnea is when you completely stop breathing, and then hypopnea is when it gets so narrow 
your airway that you're not getting enough, like the drinking straw. So um, once we measure and get that diagnosis, which is done with a sleep position, then um, your options that are, de are determined by what category you fall in. If you have mild and moderate, um, you have two options, um, in my opinion, that are the best options is um, a CPAP, which most everyone has heard of. Now, I will tell you this, the majority of people that that won't get tested do not want the CPAP, and that's why they don't get tested. Um, and I caution people about this because they're like, oh, you know, I don't want anything on my face and, you know, it's going to you know, interfere with uh, my spouse is sleeping and it's not sexy or whatever, you know, the reason. But um, you also have another alternative. You have something called an, a mandibular, mandibular advancement device um, or some people call it an, an oil apnea appliance. Um, there's different names for it, but, but all of them, uh, both the CPAP and the OAR have been approved by the FDA um, for the treatment of sleep apnea. And the reason for that is they're both titratable. And what titratable means is you can actually change the settings on them as uh, to, to make sure the person's not um, having apnea. So with uh, CPAP, you can increase the amount of air going in pressure to keep the back of the throat from closing. With a manual advancement device, it's a, it's, a, it's a retainer that you wear in your mouth and it keeps your lower jaw forward. And what that does is it opens up your airway when your lower jaw and it keeps that lower jaw from falling back while we're sleeping. Um, and so with mild and moderate, we, um, we give an option with severe, you basically due to insurance purposes have to start with, um, the, uh, CPAP. Now, does that mean you have to stick with the CPAP? There's probably a lot of listeners out there that have a CPAP that has dust on it because they don't wear it and they don't like it. Well, once you've had it for about three months, if you can't tolerate it, then most insurance companies will help cover the cost of a C, uh, excuse me, of a mandibular advancement device. And the reason for that is they'd rather for you to have treatment and use it than not. Um, the CPAP, um, there's about a 45% compliance rate. Um, with the mandibular advancement device, it's about an 85% compliance rate. So um, you can see the difference there. But remember, there are some other options out there. Um, there is a, a, a few that have just come out. Um, there's a chip that can be placed surgically in the back of the throat that stimulates. It almost puts like a shock every time you go into um, into a uh, apnea event, and it and it and it breaks the apnea really quick so that you don't lose that oxygen levels that we talked about. And there's a, a couple laser treatments out there that that we hear about. Um, but the only ones that have had long enough time to show their effectiveness is the mandibular advancement device and, and the CPAP. That's good to know. And in terms of these treatment options, what does the dental insurance coverage look like? Well, the dental insurance coverage is um, nil because this is a medical condition. Um, and so in our office, when you come in, um, and we diagnose you, I cannot, excuse me, I cannot diagnose you as a dentist. I can screen you and we can send home that uh, pulse oximeter and um, find out if we feel like there's a, a, um, a reason for us to connect you with what we call a sleep position. There's two ways to connect you with a sleep position. We can do it through telemedicine in our office, or you can go to a sleep center, um, your GP or an or, or ear, nose and throat 
um, or neurologist can refer you to a sleep center. That's where you go overnight and you sleep. Um, and then they determine if you have sleep apnea and they give you a diagnosis. Um, in our office, if you do the telemedicine, the sleep physician will uh, prescribe you what we, what we call a take-home sleep apnea device. And you come and pick it up in our offices and you take it home and wear it two nights in your own bed. And then you bring it back to our office. We download all that information and send it to that sleep physician who then makes a diagnosis. This diagnosis is a medical diagnosis. Sleep apnea is a medical condition. So all of this would be applied to your medical insurance. And a lot of medical insurances realize that if they treat apnea early enough, um, it's great for the patient. But it's also great for them because they're going to be paying out less in the long run from all the comorbidities that are associated with apnea. Um, so they're, they're, they're becoming more and more likely to, to cover the treatment and a larger part of the treatment than they used to. But um, again, I encourage everybody out there, if you feel like you have apnea, if you're a really loud snore, get screened and get tested because it could save your life. That's wonderful advice. And you know, the, the insurance side of things makes sense because, you know, you said earlier in the program that, you know, sleep apnea potentially could take more time off your life than smoking. So it would make sense for the insurance companies to be motivated to uh, have that treated for you. Um, I do want to remind everyone that if you want to schedule an appointment to see Dr. Man, you can go online to smileman.com. Man has two ends at the end. Smileman.com is Dr. Man's website. You can find information about his team and the services that he provides, his three office locations. There's one in Fuquay, Verena. There's one in Cary, and there's one in Garner. And then you can also book an appointment to see Dr. Man online at smileman.com. Or you can call the office. That phone number is 919-462-9338. 919-462-9338. Dr. Mann, what are we going to be talking about next week? Well, we haven't done it in a while. Questions from the listeners. We got quite a few because we haven't done it in a while. So that's always a uh, fun show to do. That is fun. The email inbox is filling up. If you want to send in an email before next week's show, Best place to do that is by emailing drman at smileman.com. Drman at smileman.com. We are out of time for today. We got to get out of here. We hope you will join us again next weekend. You've been listening to Teeth Talk with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Have a wonderful day. <laughs>